Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people and using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships, and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you like, and use it over and over again, absolutely free. You can also download a whole host of audio files or shows just like this one where people have been stepped through the worksheet process or they've called in and given testimonials about how the constant use of these tools is benefiting them in their lives. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. If you do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app. That app contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it also contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we help people do all of that soon and often because primarily it improves the quality of their lives as they apply these tools, and secondarily it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, or testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call, 563-999-3581, and press 1 on your phone. That will put a little icon of a hand by your phone number. I'll announce you by your area code and turn on the microphone. We also appreciate when people do that because it 
makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be of service, and that's far easier to do. We know how how we can best serve you, what's going on for you in the moment, in the days, in the weekends, between sessions, uh, between radio shows, how are you responding to the worksheets that are done on the show, or the events in your life where you might benefit from getting some uh, direct coaching about how to apply these tools to a specific situation in your life. I, um, I occasionally get uh, feedback from people that have listened to the show or listened through the archives, and that's another uh, tool I want to mention is that all of these shows are archived either through whyagain.org or uh, the mindshiftersacademy.org where you can go and get at least the first hour of the shows from last year and uh, when we started doing the Way of Mastery I started editing out the first hour and posting it as Way of Mastery with commentary and then um, this year I've decided to continue that practice and just post them month by month so January's is on one page and each month of the year will have its own page on the mindshiftersacademy.org and it will be listed under Mindshifters Radio and then the month and the year 2023. So, how can we support you? What's on your mind? Uh, we had a support group last night and somebody did a powerful worksheet which, as so often happens, um, triggered similar dynamics and emotions in another participant and um, so in the benefit of sharing the energy the benefit of getting the example of somebody else who's doing a worksheet or dealing with similar issues um, I think it's hard to overstate the benefit of the community process that happens in a group and or it happens on the radio. So if there's something that's been happening on this show in the past uh, few weeks that has sparked insight or issues for you, we'd be happy to hear about it and support you in working through it and or clarifying uh, a worksheet process or a targeted journaling process like we did yesterday for Celinda with... Uh, what Dr. Michael Rice calls the mind shifter tool, I call it targeted journaling because having a focus for your journaling process has been something that's been uh, in the psychological and the sociological literature, personal growth, spiritual work for hundreds of years, if not thousands. And the specific pattern for that that Dr. Michael Rice recommends, he calls it the mind shifter tool. And that's where you get a target phrase statement and um, the way Dr. Michael Rice talks about it is he says you take a statement for which you may have some negative thoughts, some negative beliefs, some trauma energy in your mind. And you write that on the left side of a sheet of paper and you carve out some time. You make the commitment with yourself to be able to write for an hour or longer. These days he 
often recommends two or three or four hours of writing. Originally, when I first started working with him, he'd say, carve out an hour of time. And that's what would happen when we would go to the intensives. As we'd get an hour, we'd have our assignment, and we'd be in a an isolated setting to just let our thoughts flow for an hour and write down on the right side of the sheet of paper whatever came to mind as we read and reread and rewrote the statement on the left side of the sheet of paper. And the purpose of that exercise is to add energy to any kind of a negative thought or belief that we might be hiding from our conscious logical mind. And the more we add energy to it, the sooner it's going to burst through. It's going to resonate at a stronger frequency and come to conscious awareness. And when that happens, it shows up, we write it on the page, and now it's no longer in the unconscious. Now it's out here consciously where it can't float or fly away, and we can start working with it. And we can start seeing connections, we can start seeing associations, we can start seeing the associated memories from our past that are tied to this negative thought or belief. And as we become more consciously, directly consciously aware of what fuels that thought or belief, now we have things we can work on. Now we have targets for future worksheet processes. Now we can become more consciously aware of, oh, you know, every time I hold on to this goal, for this person or that person or this life circumstance, I have this negative emotional response. And I don't really like that negative emotional response. So let me cancel that goal and see if I can uncover what's the connection in my mind between this goal not getting met and all of this drama and trauma from my past getting resonated into conscious activity. So that's one of the tools that, that can help us dig into the parts of our, our minds, like the database that the fearful part of our minds is actually hiding from us. And there are several tools that do that. One of them might be... Um, the three early memories of conflict. Another one might be the communication, did you hear what I think I said tool that's called the responsibility communication tool. Um, another one might be the still point breathing where I just do a little journaling or a little focusing on a thought that I might have some negative emotions around or associated with and then I go into this open connected breathing and just allow any thoughts, any images, any energies to arise and flow through me and in that way we can be more allowing and this is a wonderful way to live life some would say this is our birthright. This is 
what's possible when we remove everything that's less than love, loving thoughts, loving energies from our mind-body energy system. So our call-in number is 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, we can have a conversation. How can we support you? What's on your mind today? What would be of benefit for you today to do in spending this next 45 minutes or so? Um, The second hour of today's show will be a recording from something that Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice did with Yinka. It's part two of the audio that was played, I don't know, Monday, I guess. But we have some time for doing another worksheet or answering questions about the worksheet that was done yesterday or asking questions about the mind shifter that I gave to a caller yesterday. The um, support group yesterday we did, we watched, uh, I think it's only about a 13-minute video of the the reading, the narrated reading of um, the book, The Little Soul and the Sun. And the bottom line, you know, the moral of the story is that everyone you meet, every situation that arises in your life is just another opportunity to heal and move forward. It's another opportunity to confront whatever might get stirred up in you that's less than love. And literally in that little children's book, the story is that there was a little soul that wanted to know its true nature And to do that, it wanted to know what it would feel like to be forgiving. And God said, well, that's going to be tough because nobody needs to be forgiven because everybody's perfect just as they are. And then all of a sudden, another soul volunteered to come into a life with this little soul and do something unloving just so that little soul could experience being forgiving. And so the message is everyone in your life is another being of brilliance and light just as you are. And what they're doing is not to you. The flow of life is not happening to you. The flow of life is most useful to be viewed as it's happening for us and that we are blessed to be able to have consciousness and have a physical body and have this experience which of course is the same message we were talking about from the previous day when we talked about um, the video about a pre-life experience from um, the gentleman's name is Christian Sundberg. And um, it's the same very loving message. The idea is we're all here to expand and grow and tap into more and more 
love, more and more awareness of our true nature as the energy of creation expressing in form, more and more awareness of our capital S self, the soul. And the more we can do that, the better our lives get, the better our experience of life is. Kind of like the message that comes across in the movie The Shack or the book The Shack, which I don't recommend that book to anybody because it it starts with the uh, rather dramatic um, abduction and uh, abuse and death of a child, and I don't I don't need that kind of story in my life. But then the story unfolds that the father of that child goes on this spiritual journey trying to find God and ask, you know, how could you let this happen and let's get busy punishing the person that did this to my daughter and and of course the message comes across that that's not what God does, that's not who God is, that's not what God is and if you imagine that each individual soul is an offspring of the creator then just like if you had five or six children, you wouldn't be able to say, well, one of them is going to hell and two of them are going to some temporary torture state for a few eons and then two of them are going to heaven for eternity because you have great affection for and great allegiance to all of your offspring. And you see their value, and you see their true nature, and there wouldn't be any part of you that could condemn one to an eternity of suffering, etc. So, this message is right in line with what we read all last year in The Way of Mastery. It's right in line with the teachings in The Course in Miracles that we read the year before that. And if there's anything we can do to help you understand this message and live from this message, that you are the energy of creation expressing in form, that you have more value than you could imagine, that you have the same value as any soul that has ever taken form. There's never been a person who had more value than you. There's never been a person who's had less value than you. And if there is some thought or some processing of trauma energies in your mind, in your body's energy system, that wants to argue against that, we've got some good tools for you that you can use at your own discretion to identify and dismantle those errors in thought. And we call them errors in thought if they lead us to feel anything less than love, anything less than compassion anything less than calm and courageous. So that's our purpose. And we have specific tools that are available absolutely free that you can use, anyone you know can use. And we're offering absolutely free guidance in how to apply those tools in your life. 
So if there's a question we can answer for you, let us know. Or alternatively to calling, you can send an email to tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. Or you can email genie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. Also, you can go into the app and... It has a new feature, a relatively new feature, where from basically about any page, you can ask a question and get feedback. You can, you know, click the link and it will open up a way for you to send her a message either through Messenger or an email. I'm not sure which. I haven't had the need to message her through that system. We are here to answer questions. We are here to offer support and guidance. And we're here doing that because these tools have been so beneficial in our own lives. Everybody who works to support the Internet show or works to present the Internet show has seen the the real-life benefits to applying these tools. Like the worksheet that I did yesterday, and hopefully it's quite evident, the real-life benefit to using a worksheet like that for somebody like me who's a therapist and I get triggered to an upset in a session and if I don't dismantle that literally the trauma energy from a younger period in my life starts making the decisions about what I should do in the moment and that's not what I, I don't want a three year old or a five year old even a part of me that's wounded, making the the decisions for how I think and respond um, in the middle of a therapy session. Uh, I'm turning on the microphone for area code 760. I believe you had your hand up. Is that correct? Is this Ann? Oh, actually, no. But I can see why my finger was wrapped around the phone. So... But no, but I'll listen. I do have a question, but I'm not ready to ask it yet. So okay, All later. Right. I'll meet Thank you. you. And, and you can <laughs> press one again if that was your intention. So yesterday, the worksheet that I did had to do with having the goal for a patient of mine to heal and move forward, and when I um, I'm, I'm, somebody texted me and said I'm muted, but I don't think that's the case because I was just having a conversation with Ann. So um, and, and so apparently we did go silent for a while, but so. Um, So, uh, Susan Bingham, do you want to have a conversation? Oh, hi, Dr. Tim. Sure. I'm not sure this is even appropriate. And you did go silent for maybe a minute, and I texted you some SOSs, but you came on, and everything has seemed fine since then, so something was strange for a minute. Okay. 
Did you read my text? Uh, it's it's a little confusing. Okay. It said something about a worksheet that was done in the group. Yeah. And you, you said you're wondering if you could do his worksheet with me. <laughs> I know. How would that work? Uh, well, this is Tim Bingham, and I was doing it with him in the group. And he had to go off to a meeting, but he got stuck at a certain point and ended up basically creating another story out of his the the corrupt data. Just creating another story and feeling as if he just, he was right. He was right about this story. And maybe it isn't appropriate, but I was thinking I, as the person who was kind of prompting him and taking him through the worksheet, I wonder if there was anything else I could have said or done that would have gotten him. We did the whole patter thing. We really spent time in the patter thing. But he ended up, when when he got to 6A, this is Michael's newest worksheet, (laughs) got to 6A, I now feel, and he said, I'm still terribly anxious about what I was anxious about before, and I think I'm right about it. And it just stopped. And I said, okay. And he had to leave a little early and go to a meeting anyway. But maybe it's not appropriate. It would be fine if it isn't. Well, it, it's, it wouldn't be appropriate for us to do that worksheet, but it's okay for us to talk about it. So what happens when that happens in a worksheet and I'm stuck? Well, I just do more worksheets, or maybe I do some EFT tapping about it, or I do a mind shifter on it. Because yeah. if I have any kind of anxiety or any other negative emotion, and my mind still wants me to believe I'm right, that's our ironclad, infallible signal that I'm in error in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I'm just stuck in an error in thought. And so I want to just keep doing the tools that I need to do until I can soften and release because there's some part of me that's trying to hide the accurate truth from my perception whenever that happens that's all that means so i want to be gentle with myself i want to surround myself with people who will be gentle with me in the process and i want to be willing Mm -hmm. to continue to apply the tools until the process yields the results of me feeling more calm me being more comfortable releasing my need to be right Does that make sense? I think, yes, it does. And when you said a mind shifter, I think it's exactly what is needed. I think the worksheet has gotten him to a point where he needs a blockbuster mind shifter. And I can, I can feel, I can tell what those words might be. So that's good. And often it's, you know, of most value to, use words right from the worksheet as part of the construction for the mind shifter, the targeted journaling. Mm -hmm. Because those words are going to carry, you know, they're going to carry a specific vibration. Right? Those words are resonating thoughts within me. Mm -hmm. 
Remember, all of this is just energy and vibration and the law of resonance. So when I find mm-hmm. a, a worksheet and I seem to be stuck in that worksheet, if I want to go from there to a mind shifter, if I were doing it, I would try to make sure I use some of the specific words from that worksheet in my mind shifter. Right. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind is the idea, especially if this is a worksheet about somebody else, yeah. that idea that I'm never be, I, I will never be upset about anything anybody else ever says or does or doesn't do that I think they should, unless I'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing. And so that might be an angle I can take to get into the hidden part of my mind, the fearful part of my mind that's hiding this interior connection. I'm not able to apply that to this situation. Maybe uh, I don't think I understood you or something. Well, anytime I'm doing a worksheet, when I think somebody else and what they're doing or not doing is the cause of my upset, mm-hmm. I can apply that I can apply that observation. And we've talked about it before. What's one of the, the ways to apply that? Well I can start saying, for instance, let's take the situation of yesterday. I was doing a worksheet because I had a um, patient in my office who my assessment was they were stuck and overwhelmed and and unwilling to use the tools. They were just stuck. And every Mm. suggestion, they were saying, well, I can't do that or I don't have the energy for that or that won't work because of this or that. Now, if I want to apply this rule, I'll never be upset about anything anybody else ever says or does or doesn't do that I think they should, unless I'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing, I would sit here and I would think about, okay, how would I describe her behavior or the traits that she's displaying that right now when I'm feeling stuck or I'm feeling frustrated? And so I think about it and then I say, well, you know, She's just um, arguing for her limitations, or I say, um, she's just refusing help, or she's just complaining without being willing to change. Any one of those. When I get to the one that's got the right resonance for me, I'll notice I have a lot of energy for that. I'll say, well, that's yeah. she, she's She says she wants to change, but she really doesn't. I go, oh, there it is. So yeah. that's the dynamic that I'm seeing in her that mm-hmm. my mind is telling me that's what's got me so lividly upset. Mm-hmm. And I know all that's happening in that moment is I'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing. So I would sit and I would ask myself, okay, 
when is a time in the recent or distant past when I talked about wanting help and I was absolutely refusing to change anything to get better. Mm-hmm. And I just breathe and soften until something comes to mind. Now, in that situation, something might come to mind as a specific memory of a time when I was arguing for my limitations or when I was complaining but refusing to do anything to change. Or it might also happen that I just notice I get more and more sad or I get more and more angry. And then I can do a worksheet on that sadness or that anger. Mm. But the benefit there is I've used another tool to turn the focus back on myself. Most of us have been so conditioned to look outside of ourselves and blame others for any frustration or situation that we have that we don't like that we're going to have to be willing to work at it for decades to unravel that tendency to blame others or look outside of ourselves for the source of our upset. And and remembering that that item from the 10 bottom line observations about how I'll never be upset by anything anybody ever says or does or doesn't do that I think they should, unless I'm still judging myself negatively for doing the same or similar thing, that's just one more tool I can use to try and get past my blockage of being willing to accept the truth of life, right? To to turn the focus back in on myself to see how I'm the one creating my upset in each given moment. I hope that's clear. Yeah, that's very clear. This worksheet that Tim did, it's been an issue for him for a long time. And I I just thought that there might be some word or some direction to point him towards so that he would get out of this kind of gridlock. Um, you, you, uh, what you say about I have to own whether I would do the same. Maybe I'm really off base here, but I don't. I feel very neutral and calm about well, this. Right, right. But this, this isn't you, right? We're not talking about a worksheet for you. We're talking about right. Tim being triggered. I know. So, yeah. so it would be that Tim would be looking at someone outside of him and thinking that something someone was doing outside of him was causing his upset. And it, that's never uh-huh. the case. So if, if that is part of that worksheet, then he can apply that observation and that discovery technique to see how he's been guilty of doing the very thing that he thinks he's upset at somebody else for doing. Yeah, in this case, it's not a person. It's it's a thing. So I'm having trouble fitting all of what you're saying into um, well, how and to that's go part ahead. of it is, as we said, we can't really do his worksheet for him. So I'm just talking about general ways to yeah. stir up the pot and and figure out what I might be holding inside of me that's keeping me stuck. Yeah. So so well, as I, we said. Probably one of the best ways to do this is 
have him take some of the words from his worksheet and turn it into a mind shifter. Yeah. That that's very easy to do. I can feel it forming in there. Yeah. Anyway, and he could too. He were here. Yeah. He did a, a worksheet on this with you a few days ago. <clears throat> Ended up needing to do some other worksheets, and so he did one on our Zoom group. Um, but it didn't. It didn't yield. It's one of his right. It's right. It's one of his seventy-seven times seventy worksheet issues. Right, and. And when you say it didn't yield what he had hoped, mm-hmm. that's another goal he can cancel. I wanted this worksheet to X, Y, and Z. Yeah, right. I cancel my goal for this worksheet to do X, Y, and Z. not that I, I don't deserve to have X, Y, and Z or that I can't find a way to make it happen. It's just that when I want it to happen and it doesn't happen and I generate upset in response to that, the best thing for me to do is cancel the goal and ask to be shown how am I creating this upset and how is my mind trying to hide that from me by blaming this mm. this goal. Yeah. You know, I have people a lot where they have anxiety is, you know, really high, and they just want to be rid of their anxiety. And, well, lots of different things they try don't do any good as far as they're concerned. I still feel anxious. I'm so anxious I can't function, etc. And if if they step into either the goal canceling of their goal canceling the goal to be feeling calm and relaxed or do a mind shifter about how it's safe and healing for me to have this ultra high anxiety be my constant companion throughout the day. They'll start uncovering the deeper fears that underlie this this anxiety that they say they they want to get rid of and yet they they seem unable to get rid of right some people say i just want to i just want a day's uh, relief from this high anxiety in truth, they've had days where they've had relief from the high anxiety, and it, it doesn't last, and that's not all they're looking for. So they have a bigger, deeper fear about something that they might get to if they did the mind shifter, if they did the targeted journaling, and allowed themselves to really dig into what what's their fear about what's going to happen if this never gets better? What's their belief about what's going to happen to them in their life if this doesn't get better. Does that make sense? And I wonder if I dropped. No, but Susan dropped. 
back on the call. Are you there, Susan? Yes, I'm here. All right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that just happened with me. Did anybody else have that problem that you went quiet again or was it just me? I no nobody sent me a text, so I don't know. Okay. Okay, so you said you were hanging up and redialing. Okay, well. So, anything else we can chat about or help you or support you with, or is that enough for for you today or for that topic? It's enough for that topic. If nobody else is on the line, I do have another question, but I know Anne was right. going to call in, too. Well, she hasn't raised her hand, so what's your other question? Okay, this is a physical question, and I usually ask these to Michael. Um, for several years now, I have gotten more and more pain in both of my shoulders, and I've had an x-ray, and I have arthritis in the shoulders, and it's getting to the point where range of motion is affected, and I've been doing some exercises. And today I took ibuprofen to teach my class because it's hard to do demonstrate the exercises right if, if my arms are hurting. And Michael often talks about, well, where are you storing your tension? And it's definitely in my shoulders. When I walk and I'm thinking about something, I'll realize that both shoulders are tight. A lot of people say they have it in their stomachs or their chest. Somehow I've got this pain in the shoulders, and um, I'm just wondering if there's any – I could do wake-up sheets, I guess, talk to my shoulders and have them talk to me or something, but I, I have this idea that certain physical problems are just done deals. This is what I'm um, turning 79 soon, and – this is the way it's going to be, and uh, there's nothing to be done about it. Well, so. as, as long as you hold that belief, then that'll be a big part of what constructs your experience. Yeah. So, so w- when you say that, it sounds to me like um, you don't really want a, a metaphysical or an energetic or a psychological answer. I'd love all answers from all departments. I'd love to be talked out of the idea that, you know, bone loss and bone-on-bone pain is reversible in any way. I'd love to think that's possible. Well, you say you'd love to think that's possible, but you say it at the same time you say you don't believe it. I've read some stuff that I probably shouldn't have read, very discouraging things. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, I just flashed on the book that I was reading, uh, listening to by Joe Dispenza, where he says, you are the placebo is the title of the book. Mm. And the other book that I, I've talked about over the years here is called um, Suggestible You by Eric Vance or someone like that. I forget his actual name. Or maybe I just remembered it. 
but mm-hmm. these are books where they've done the study, and I, I got his name right, Suggestible You by Eric Vance. These are books where they are studying the belief effect or the placebo effect and the power mm-hmm. of your mind to change your physical experience and symptoms has been known for Mm. thousands of years. Mm. And, um, you know, if if you look at books like that or, and you open to them, um, the book, You Are the Placebo by Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza, takes it to a whole nother level and starts talking to you step by step about the things you're going to have to do to start changing the beliefs you have about how stuck you are and how you can Mm. literally start to leverage your mind's ability to create a different experience for you. And you have to put the effort in. You You have to be willing to do the exercises. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Right. But if you Thanks. believe a certain thing and you keep pouring your mind energy into that belief, that will be what constructs your experience of life. Okay. And if you challenge somebody to talk you out of it, that's just a mental game saying, you know, I know what's right. This is the same kind of thing that you were saying Tim Bingham was running into at the end of his last worksheet. I still think I'm right. Okay. (laughs) You remember the old adage, if you argue for your limitations, they're yours. Mm -hmm. You might remember us quoting from the Way of Mastery in the Q&A where it says, free will cannot be usurped. You, No one can make you heal. No one can make you pick up a useful tool and apply it to your life so that your pain and suffering is diminished. You have dominion over your own free will. So you can choose to believe what you believe and that will be the driver for your earthly experience. Or you can say, I'm going to go read a book or two or three or five on people who have claimed to have powerful experiences like Brandon Bay's B-A-Y-S. Her book, The Journey, is all about that. She was a Tony Robbins trainer and living the high life and a wonderful marriage and all of this, you know, youth and money and vigor and they know all the hard the good stuff to teach people to change their lives their life coaches with tony robbins and and secretly she's hiding the fact that there's a tumor growing in her abdomen until she can't hide it anymore because it's the size of a basketball and she goes to the doctor and they say oh we got to cut it out and she says no I, i believe in you know energy work and emotions and talking to my body and so give me a month well, they grudgingly gave her a month because it wasn't the kind of thing that would, you know, it had clearly been growing in her for a good long time. So she goes away and she starts 
having all of these experiences with energy workers and healers and friends and and she comes back a month later and this basketball sized tumor is down to the size of a grapefruit the doctor is shocked and she's disappointed she wanted it to be completely gone in that month or two months whatever it was but her book is about what she learned and that process of talking to your body and talking to your tumor and talking to your stress and tension and learning to release it and being gentle with yourself. And, and she calls the work the journey. Mm. And she eventually, according to the book, completely eliminated that tumor. And she outlines, you know, the process that was used. And so you could get a book like that. You could get Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, You Are the Placebo. You could get Eric Vance's book, Suggestible You, and learn what your, you know, this, this will be better for your conscious logical mind. Learn what the hard scientists in the field today are saying about this phenomenon that appears. And they've called it the placebo effect. Some have called it the belief effect to have more reverence for the process. Some people call it faith healing. Some people call it spontaneous remission, etc. Mm. But these things have, have always been happening. There have always been people who get better from things that, you know, the 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 conventional wisdom is this is a terminal illness. No one gets better from this, etc. So some people got really curious about that and said, "Okay, I want to I want to find out from the people who've gotten better or from those who study those who've gotten better, I want to know what do I need to do to get those kinds of benefits in my life? What do I have to nurture within myself?" And some of it might have to do with, you know, dietary supplementation. Some might have to do with meditation and prayer and visualization. And some of it might have to do with conventional Western medicine for uh, removing a bone spur or whatever. But each of us has to go through that journey on our own. We're all going to have unique and individual physical experiences. That's the nature of being in the physical realm. Mm. I don't know if you heard us talking about this video with um, Christian Sunderberg or whatever, that uh, a walk in the physical and uh, his pre-life experience. And he he chose he's you know he's of of the mind that we get to choose if we come to the physical and what we're going to be trying to do to expand our awareness and our capacity for love, and so he chose a life that he knew had a high likelihood that he would have traumas in his twenties because of the limitations of the physical body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is just one of the many books that I've read over the years that um, they have a, uh, a 
they conflict in certain ways with people that want to say, hey, look, everything is energy, so you can cure anything. Right? And some people say, okay, that might be true, but I didn't come here to cure this. I came here to learn to be the presence of love as I have this. It's not, you know, some people take a perspective that says, look, it's not my job to get rid of this in my body. It's my job to learn to dismantle the upset, the frustration, the negativity, the anger, the sense of hopelessness that might come along when I feel like I'm overwhelmed by this. Mm-hmm. So rather than being, you know, a hindrance to my soul progress, this illness, this injury, this chronic illness or you know, neuropathy in my hands and feet or arthritis or whatever is just another opportunity for me to stretch and grow and build that muscle that allows me to bring the presence of conscious, active awareness, of conscious, active, present love to conscious mind in these situations, even when I'm limited or I don't want to be, even where I have pain. Mm-hmm. And that may have an effect on the the physical self, actually, if you do that, too. Well, it's like uh, Michael says in some of his talks. He says, you know, uh, so maybe I'm wrong. But even if I'm wrong, if you do the things we're suggesting and I'm wrong, you're still going to have a better experience of life. Right. That's true. Right. So who knows the ultimate answer to this question? I don't. I don't know anybody who does. And yet, even if the answer is, yeah, Tim's wrong with his idea that you can't heal everything, but you do the same thing. You accept whatever you've got, and you learn to be more loving in its presence your life is still going to go better. Right. So, anything else for today for you? No. Thanks, Dr. Tim. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you for being here and chatting. Uh, We have Anne with a hand up, area code 760. I think that's Anne? Yes. So, Susan and Dr. Tim, this is perfect. Um, I have the Suggestible You book sitting on a stand here, and I started it again. And I just, I'm supposed to pick it up again. I mean, clearly, this is my, I'm taking this word. Um, But I wanted to just share quickly with Susan really fast the, the first chapter, the introduction is called What Do You Expect? And it's exactly what, you know, Dr. Tim was talking about. But I got through the first chapter and I'm rereading it because I reread the introduction again and so I'm starting back over. But um, the first chapter is placebo, storytelling, and the birth of modern medicine. And the quote, because there's a quote like at the beginning of each one, and the second chapter is meet your inner pharmacist, which is also what Dr. Tim was talking about. Each patient carries his own doctor inside of him. That's from Albert Schweitzer, a quote from him. So 
not only Hippocrates, the father of modern, you know, medicine, and then these guys. So I'm excited to get back into this now because clearly I mm. stopped just before I got to the pharmacist. I mean, you know, so um, that's just one of the books that he suggested, but um, suggestible, <laughs> suggestible use. So anyway, um, I challenge you to pick up whatever resonates for you because I'm going to mm. start back on this. Because I'm going through some of the same stuff, but I know already that if I keep saying what I don't want, then that's what I'm going to get. So I agree with Dr. Tim there. Thank you. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm complete. All right. Susan, respond to that. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Synchronicity. I wish you well, and I'm going to find one of those books. And it's very right. nice to have another kind of approach besides my doomsday approach. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Blessings. Thank you. All right. Blessings to both of you. Thank you for the call. I'll meet you so you can listen to the second hour if you so choose. Our second hour, as I mentioned, is going to be Yinka Part 2. It's a call. I Maybe it's a book club. I'm not sure. But Michael and Jeannie aren't available to be live today. I'll just remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. This is your second hour. Welcome back to that experience of yourself, being that pure presence of being that you experience with your daughter. Then you'll know who you are. Okay. Well, because Good breath. Yeah, that was a hard breath. Um, because, yep. you know, we spoke before, uh, what I said, you know, my grandma passed away when I was young, was the only person who loved me unconditionally because my parents were very conditional. And I'm trying to be, and I feel like, I don't know, 99.9% I am with my daughter because ever right. even argue and things like that. And she's like, oh, you don't love me anymore. I was like, I, I always say to her, that's not true. I love you anyway. It doesn't mean I'm always happy with your behavior, but I love you. That doesn't change it, you know? So my offering would be a much healthier conversation to have with your daughter. Would be to say, sweetie, right now, you know, there's some goals I have for you and you're not achieving them. And that's bringing up hostility for me. And it seems like I'm now pointing my hostility at you, which I am. But that's got nothing to do with the fact that you are love. That's the truth of who you are. Whatever I point at you, that's my problem. This is mom's issue. I have my hostility. And, yeah, last night when you were out late and you didn't tell me and, you know, and then I found out you did this, all my disapproval stuff came up. And I'm working on cleaning up my disapproval of you. In the meantime, I want you to remember and I want you to know who you are as love. And that's exactly what I'm working on, too, as your mom. In fact, maybe we could work on this together. Tell you what, would you sit down, because I've had this issue, too. Would you sit down and just hold the space for me? Just be that sweet presence of love that you are while I work through this worksheet on myself, not feeling like I'm loved? You might find yourself, you've got a very, yourself, a very powerful ally in healing this wound that probably goes back many generations in your bloodline. Because I never, it's never like I love her in like 
any less or whatsoever. The only thing I said to her, I still love you the same way I did, but I'm just right now not very happy with, you know, what happened, you know. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not happy. Not like I'm not happy with her, but I'm not happy, you know. That makes me feel basically right. upset, you know. But you, but, but you notice that. That doesn't mean a thing to her. What means a thing to her is she's not experiencing the presence of you as love. Mm-hmm. And she interprets that through the same brain cells that you passed on to her that you interpret it that you're not loved. She interprets it as I'm not loved. And she's mm-hmm. taking responsibility for what's going on with you. It's the same issue that you have with your parents. And, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the most common issues on the planet. And we need to be cleaning up because that's the original wound that most people suffer from their whole lives and never find a way to work through it. And so, you know, I suspect if you're typical, like most of us are, that we probably have to go back many generations to find one parent and one child who went through their whole childhood each experiencing themselves as the presence of love and knowing that that was the truth about them. Mm. And so that's what's going to be, you know, Inca started out this show was sharing a worksheet she did and a powerful unconscious part of her mind came up and, whoa, didn't even know I was carrying this. I think you're getting closer to understanding what you're carrying in the way of self-disapproval that was taken on by that relationship with your parents. And, and fortunately, you're committed enough to be working through this with your daughter, but just notice how she interprets it, and she's interpreting it the way you interpret it. And it's probably going to be many, many worksheets to get through to the other side of that where you can say to yourself when you think of yourself, oh, yeah, that pure melting presence of love. Mm. And you let that into your physiology. You let your heart soften. You let your heart open. You know, in fact, put your hand on your heart right now and just breathe into that. Wow, the truth is what's stored here in my being, the truth of my being is the active presence of love. And I can let my head connect to that part of my heart and the truth about me. You see, um, I know like my parents married because I was on the way. Uh, they're still together, right. but the marriage was never, never, like, fully working. You know, th- there's no harmony in the marriage, but they kind of get used to living together. Uh, I don't want that. I never wanted something like that. But I know because I started asking my dad about my grandma and things like that, and I think my grandma didn't feel, felt love as well because her mom, so my great-grandma, died when she was in early teens and she her dad remarried and the stepmom was quite not nice and she moved out my grandma with her sister they moved out of the house you know to start started living you know out together but you know you know what i mean not in a family house basically and the brother the two brothers which were there as well move out as well. Basically the stepmom separated you know um separated children from the father basically and uh, they were left 
kind of to manage uh, through life by themselves. And, you know, soon there was first and then second world war. So, and that was in Poland. So that was really hard times. So here's what we call you. We call you an early adopter. And that means you're the first one in the family system that's awakened beyond the family pattern of pain and trauma that's been going on for how many generations, and you're working on healing it. And that's a big task. You know, when you're the first one and who knows, two, ten, maybe a hundred generations that's actually started to comprehend this, that's a giant piece of work. My parents, both, including my dad, they kind of emotionally switched switched off. So that was, you know, always my struggle in my house, in my family home, you know. Because, you know, they would buy me things, but they would not show emotions. Well, you now have a tool mm-hmm. that will change those patterns. It's not going to change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change next week. Here's what I guarantee. Five years from now, ten years from now, you'll still be doing worksheets on these issues. But what you'll be doing is you'll be cleaning up a pattern that's been going on forever in your bloodline. And, you know, in the Western scriptures, they talk about, they're talking about energy now. Here we're talking about genes. That's why I said this is the teaching about physics, physiology, genetics, and psychology. So when they said the sins of the father will be passed, yea, unto three and four generations of those who hate me. So let me, let me unpack that statement. First of all, again, the definition of sin in Aramaic is it's an, an archery term that means off the mark. So any energy that's off the mark for a human form that's made for love, hate, fear, rage, guilt, grief, drama, and trauma, is stored in that system and passed to the next generation. So the sins, the energies off the mark, previous generations, will be passed to three, four generations. That means that in your structure and in mine, Every thought, every feeling, every perception, every reality generated by every person in the last four generations, that means, including me, 31 lives, is stored in my genes. Mm -hmm. It's all there. What your mother and and father, what your grandmother and grandfathers on both sides, what their grandparents did and what their grandparents did are all stored within your structure right now. And all of that was passed on to your daughter somebody's got to get conscious enough to to work through that, to clean that up. Now, yeah. when you think about four generations, where do you suppose four generations back got their thoughts, their feelings, their perceptions, their constructs? Obviously, they got it from the previous four. Who got it from the previous four? Who got it from? You know, if you go back just 30 generations, uh-huh. in the genes of each and every one of us, there are 1.6 billion people. What do you suppose the 1.6 billion people that came before you and I have been through when we look at the history of the world? World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam War, you know, <laughs> Spanish-American War, Civil War. I mean, like, what have we, what have we been through? It's oh. insane. 
And now we're at an age where we're emerging as love and starting to wake up. Oh, we could be doing this differently. You know, if you go back, I mean, there's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, crazy stuff, wars going on still. But if you look at it, you know, if you look back 50 years ago, the hundreds of millions of people that were starving and didn't have clean water and, you know, the tragedy that was going on in the world, you know, in the last 50 years, that's improved so much. There are so many people that are waking up to service and living as love and cleaning up the mess on the planet that it's monumental. And it's like you're taking things to the next level of, oh, what's the possible human? I'm going to do my part to clean up my genes so that we can do this together. Yeah, because I would like my daughter to have, I, I always was saying that I want her to have a better life than mine. Yes, well, I'm with you 100%. I have four granddaughters, and I'm especially interested in cleaning up what's been happening to women on the planet and the energetic patterns that women have had stuck in their minds and stuck themselves with. Of course, there's responsibility, but also the abuses that have taken place and such and cleaning that up so that we get to move to the next level of living as human beings. So thank you for the work you're doing. Millions yet unborn will benefit from it. Thank you very much. And and I just know, you know, right now we're creating an energy space. And this energy space is always available to you. Tomorrow, next week, next month, 10 years from now. You can always tap back into this for support energetically and know that you're supported in doing each and every layer of the work that you need to do to do this. Thank you, Michael. You are most welcome and deserving. Blessings. Hey there, Gabriella. Yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't know how to unmute. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and thanks to thank you, Michael, being here. Um, I, I forgot my questions because you covered quite a lot, and it was actually covering one of my some of my questions. But I think mine is a little bit. Uh, I, right, I will tell you like that. How is that possible? What I see from my side, like. Some people don't have to have the same problem as me looking for the answers. Like they are completely normal. Like I, I don't want to say I'm not normal, but, but but I'm looking for something because something is there. What is I feel it inside me that something is there. But some people are completely normal. They don't take it that seriously. They just go with the lie. They don't question things. They're doing things. They don't look for the answers. And then coming to me myself, I'm looking for the answer. Why? I hope it makes sense. Hello? Yeah, um, I think he just got the signal mic on a moment. Oh, excuse me. I had, I had muted. I had started to speak. If you look in the opening of my book, you'll see the introduction begins with a quote from Henry David Thoreau. And he says this, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. From the desperate city, you go out into the desperate country. You console yourself with the bravery of minks and muskrats. A stereotype but unconscious despair is concealed 
under what are called the games and amusements of mankind. To be awake is to be alive. I've never met a man who's quite awake. So don't let them fool you that there are all those normal people out there. Under the surface, and I'm saying this from experience of 50 years of working with people continuously, everybody's carrying around a load. They may be able to live on the surface of it. You know, they get home and say, well, all I need is a fifth of scotch and everything's fine. Oh, just give me my sugar cookies and I'll be okay. Well, let me smoke a little weed. Oh, let me take my antidepressant. My offering is that there are not many what we would classify as normal people out there. I think that that, that kind of makes sense. And uh, thanks for that. It was just, I was like really questioning myself, like what is going on with me, like why I'm searching and stuff. Then I'm talking to other people that are completely fine or they seem to be okay. Right. Well, that's the brainwash of the world, you know, that, that you're the, the only one with the problem. That's kind, of, that's kind of one of the early thought disorders. You know, we're designed to live in a condition called, I mean, if you watch a small child, you know, two, three, four, five, six months, they are in enthusiasm. I mean, they can even get enthusiastic about painting on the wall with what's in their diaper, Right? You know, they're just enthusiastic. And we're designed to live in enthusiasm. And in theos, theos means the creator. We're designed to be connected to love. We're designed to live in that. And what happens is someone comes along and gives us a message. And that message is usually something about, and you could touch into it very directly, very powerfully, that she shared in the beginning of this uh, conversation. And the, f the first message that's given to many people, you know, when they first meet the disapproval of their caretaker, is there's something wrong with you. You're broken. And yeah. people start to, you know, what's wrong with, why am I like this? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And that's, that's everybody. That isn't you. I mean, we're, we're kind of taught to think, well, I, you see, that's something unique with me. No, no, that's virtually everyone on the planet that's doing that game. And when you realize that, then you let go of another thought disorder about yourself and you realize, oh, here I am, a human being made of love, waking up to the truth of who I am. I have some work to do. I have generational patterns, hate and rage and fear and sadness and grief and who knows what else. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to put the pen to the paper. I'm going to do my work and clean up my life. And when we can get enough people doing that, who then, cleaning up their own body-mind units, their own temples, this is the temple designed, you know, you look at that, again, the Western scriptures, do you not know that you're designed to be the temple of the living creator, the living God? Yeah, you're designed to be the embodiment, the incarnation of active love. Not some guy with a beard on a throne somewhere. You're designed to be the incarnation the arrival on earth of active present love. And all you've got is a thousand generations. It was taught something else that was pretty stupid that you need to forgive, that you need to remove to let yourself fully bring that into, to have that fully incarnate into your form. And that means that there's going to be a lot of old garbage. that's going to have to splash up and be cleaned out. And that's just part of the process. So, Michael, do you believe, like, there is a possibility 
to to live the life really like completely uplifting and feel like free of this all thinking burdens or anything is I'm talking behalf of myself on my personality or on my on my body I will say on my chest or anywhere like that and then feel the life like same as the kid like when you're born like you just come here and you are really you are just a human being and what you are you are a lot because that's what you see when you see a baby it's just basically yes. a human being and pure love nothing else it doesn't, it doesn't give you love no it's just Absolutely. there and you're just looking at it and that's it is, is this is possible to achieve absolutely two thousand percent and guess what you won't get it done this year nor next and you won't be done with it in 10 years and you won't be done with it in 20 years and you probably won't be done with it in 30 years but you'll have a good start because you're probably the first one in your bloodline in 10,000 years that's thought of it as possible that's good that's that's good that's really good the first one i mean think about what we've been doing on this planet for how long you know 75 175 million people killed in war in the last 75 years on this planet look at the insanity that just happened here in texas some 18 year old kid goes out and buys himself a a, a high-powered rifle and shoots 18 10-year-old kids. I mean, what kind of craziness is going on that we could possibly do that? Yeah. Well, the kind of craziness is going on is a craziness has been going on for a long time. There's a tool called forgiveness that if you use it, and let me tell you that it took 35 years of me working with it full time to understand it and how to apply it. And if you use it, you will achieve that result. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Michael, my last question, this is not going to be, uh, I hope you don't mind this question. If you don't want to answer, then please don't answer. I just, this is my curiosity more because uh, obviously you achieved what you achieved in your life and you created what you created in life, which is really like uh, remarkable and it's really beyond, beyond and about everything. Uh, how is your day kind of starting? How is your, like, when you start the day, what is in your mind? If you can share such a thing, like that, how is your, like, day going on when you are actually having any, like, a, let's say, negative, or I don't know whether you have, well, negative is there always, like, uh, this. How do you process this? I use every tool that I've got, every tool that I teach. That's how I learned them. And usually... The last thing I do at night, there's a process we teach called still point breathing. It's a way of using the breath to cleanse the body of traumas. Usually last thing at night, I go into still point breathing. And first thing in the morning when I wake up, I'm in still point breathing. And I take time, you know, unless there's some big rush going on for the day, I take time to connect to love and to cultivate my relationship. That's what I do. Share the most valuable things for me. So thank you very much. Thank you for speaking with me. Honored. You. Delighted. Thank you. Pass it on. And then we've got Bryony next. Hello. Um, I just want to start by saying thank you so much to Yinka and everyone else. And um, I'm very new to all of this material. So I'm very excited to hear you speak, Michael. So thank you so much. 
And the first question I have is, is quite simple, but just to help me understand, because um, I've heard this expressed before, but I feel like I don't quite get it, which is you'd said if we were to say what we were thinking, we'd be speechless. If I'm understanding that correctly, do you mean that's because we're never truly thinking, but rather we are just regurgitating stuff that we've heard and just kind of parroting things that we picked up? Cycling information from the past. Mm -hmm. Most people call that thinking. So let, let's imagine, let's define the word, word. If I were to define the word word as a tool of communication, and that when you're using words, tools of communication, it's indicative of an interaction between two. Would that be a reasonable definition? Would everybody agree with that? So words, word is a tool of communication indicative of an interaction between two. Right now, I'm talking or you're talking and we're listening, so there are two of us involved. So if that's a reasonable definition, I'm going to invite everybody that's listening to notice that there are words running your head that you're not saying to me or anybody else, right? If words are tools of communication, indicative of an interaction between two, who's in there with you? Who's telling you the meaning of everything you think you look at? You know, go back to Yeshua in 2,000 years ago. He said, in order for you to live, you've got to die. <gasps> What does that mean? I'm supposed to put a bullet in my brain? No, that's not what it means. It means that there is a false identity in each of our minds, a false identity based on those power person messages about what's wrong with me. And I've formed a picture in my mind of a body that I think I am. And I need to disconnect from that image of self to make space for the truth of who I am and to actually have original thoughts come in, to be in a space where I can conceive of something that perhaps has never been conceived of before in the creation. Then I become an actual thinker. I become an actual human being. Until then, I'm just replicating the past. Yeah, thank you. That reminds me, I had heard that apparently in William Blake's um, eulogy uh, he'd said that he'd already died seven times in his lifetime as like a nod to that of dying to yourself wise man yes yeah yep. <laughs> and um, my second question and this may be a bit naive and also because I'm new to the material I understand that um, yeah it, it may land in an awkward way what I'm wondering uh, is is uh, Zooming out and perhaps reflecting on like there being a divine unfolding, you know, in life. Um, it's this deeper curiosity for, and it's perhaps not coming maybe from a victim place, but just like a trying to understand um, about why that um, the hatred, the trauma, and the pain, the suffering is passed on, you know, through our DNA and our genetics. It's like a curiosity for, for why does that mechanic exist? in this world like what is the purpose and the function of that and I guess my thoughts are is that designed to wake us up yeah my offering would be that if you think about the fact that if the friend that I talked about earlier that was an ophthalmologist said that there are as many connections possible in one human mind 
as there are molecules in the known universe, what do you suppose the game would be like if we were each using that? Look very different, probably. <laughs> That's when we'll understand the question you just asked. Until then, it's like trying to put, you know, here's an ant looking at the Eiffel Tower trying to understand it. Tell me about the Eiffel Tower. I want to, I want, you know, go back to Yeshua 2,000 years. He says, there's so many things I want to say to you. You can't hear them. You got no brain cells. You got to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And this isn't a religious principle. It's just that you have to have accurate content to represent accurate meanings of what his words represented or each spiritual teacher that you might encounter or follow or engage with, you've got to have accurate brain cells for what they're saying, or you can't hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So that's my take on what he, he meant when he said, you've got to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. For he who having eyes does not see, and he who having ears does not hear. Well, gee, I just heard and saw everything. No, you didn't. You saw a construct in your brain from your past that reflected your past and you think that's what was being said and it wasn't. So, you know, there's, I talked about earlier, the number one in my codependence uh, workshop, I, I put out about a dozen different things that I call the pseudo solutions of the non-being mind. And the number one pseudo solution is if I could just figure this out. And in any given room, if I'm in a room with 200 people, and I were to take the ages of everybody in the room down, write them down, add them all up, subtract five years for each person, I'd have the number of years the people in that room were trying to figure it out. And you know what? Not one of them's figured it out. Not one person in history's figured it out. You can't figure it out. But here's what you can do. You can forgive it. You can apply forgiveness. You can collapse it and make the space for, for truth to alter you then you'll enter real human life. But as long as I'm trying to take the energy patterns of my genes and my generations and my past and trying to fit what's going on out there into that so that I can figure it out, what I've just said is, well, I have this little ant brain and I'm trying to rewrite the universe with it so that I can understand it. Universe, you have to count out of my desires. It's like, silly. I feel so seen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all of you. are not alone. It's all of us. It's all of us. We've all been doing it. I mean, that's, that's what mankind's been doing for centuries. Look back. Read the philosophers. What were they all doing? Trying to figure it out. Yeah. I, I feel myself very fortunate that I ran into the teachings of this man who's, who basically, you know, my interpretation would be, stop trying to figure it out. You can't do it. But here's what you can do. You can collapse the, lap, the lies in your mind so you're available to the truth right now. And when you're available to the truth, the truth will rewrite you. The truth will change you. And that's why it's so important to honor truth. And if you go back into those Western scriptures, one of the definitions of God was truth. The other one was love. You let truth and love rewrite you. You can just let go of your past and, you know, that makes sense? Yeah, 100%. And uh, I feel like, yeah, 
that sort of, if I can just figure this out, that's like the story of my life. <laughs> yep. um, and it has served me well in some cases, but I think that, that bigger picture, um, um, yeah, I think that and to invite some humbleness and instead focus on what's here now rather than getting caught up in something, like you said, that um, with my existing awareness, like it's beyond me anyway. So it's kind of giving myself permission to let that go and focus on the, the real work that's here now. Yeah, and and if you're open to it, you know, there's a, a line in what they call the Lord's Prayer. There's actually, what they call the Lord's Prayer wasn't a prayer at all. It was a set of instructions. But there's a line in it from the Aramaic that could be properly translated as making a request of the Creator. Creator, carve out a space in me for your wholeness. Mm. Like, Clean, clean the seeds out of the squash so there's room for you in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I'm glad I asked that question. Thank you. So am I. Yeah, so delighted. Am I. So am I. <laughs> like, why is there suffering? Why must we do this? <laughs> Just the small questions. Um, Just the little things, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Delighted. Blessings. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then we've got Gina. Hey there, young lady. Hey, thank you so much for the scene. You are so welcome. For your time. Boy, you are in the light, young lady. I know, I know. Sorry. Okay, I'll move a bit. That's okay. There we go. Okay. So what's on your mind? Okay, I've got a few questions, um, I'm afraid. But my, my most burning one is, um, well, they're all burning, but this is the most burning one. You know you say in the worksheet about... Uh, accepting what was it the symptoms of healing you know that kind of well no it doesn't say to accept the symptoms of healing what it Uh, says is i'm willing 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 to go through the symptoms of healing and here's the idea if i'm in resistance you know let's take a water hose and water is flowing through it like crazy and i twist the hose and i twist the hose and i twist the hose there's 100 gallons supposed to go through the hose, and if the hose is wide open, the 100 gallons will go through in a minute and a half. But I twist and twist and twist, and now to got 100 gallons through this hose is going to take 10 years. Mm-hmm. Untwisting the hose is the willingness I'm talking about. If I have generations and generations of hate and fear and rage and separation and pain and trauma and such, and I'm all wrapped up in knots inside, twisted up like that hose, and I open that, God, I could spend a year in that trauma moving through it. I like to call willingness the cosmic grease. When I'm going to take a breath and I'm just going to soften my I'm going to all the Are you breaking up a bit, Michael? Let's just say that bit again. I'm going to let that soften. So willingness is the cosmic grease. So it's the willingness part. Because my question is... Correct. That's it. Yes. My question is, how long do these symptoms take, if that makes sense? Because that's what I'm most afraid of. Because I'm I'm grieving, as you know. Okay. And sort of any any negative emotion. I, I, A, I'm not very good at feeling, really. I'll change that. I'm brilliant at feeling. Um, So so um, if I have... If if I have the 100 gallons that's supposed to go through the hose and the hose is totally twisted tight, it's going to take 10 years. 
If I unwind the hose by 25%, it's going to take seven and a half years. If I unwind it by 50%, it's going to take five years. At what, how much is my willingness? You know, how long is it going to take? I have no way to tell how much willingness you've got, how you, willing you are to breathe and soften and let this energy move through. But the more willingness there is, the faster it moves. So somebody that's in a state of unwillingness and resistance energetically, they can take something that took a pain that took two minutes to develop and 10 years later still be in that pain. Somebody can take a pain that took 10 years to develop and two minutes of full willingness and they're done with it. Yeah, so my thought of, you know, so I'm, I was going to ask, so when you're doing the worksheet and you uncover something, and it does take a lot of courage to do this, um, yep. can you kind of clear it <laughs> there and then in the worksheet, in the space of doing the worksheet? I want it easy. I want it you I want here, easy. You were, here, you were here when you heard Yinka share that at the beginning of the conversation, of course. Yeah, I was going to ask it because you've had it all day, Yinka, haven't you? Mm-hmm. You were crying, you said. But that was more of a release. No, oh. I'm crying, I'm sad. Letting go. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, whatever has come off, it's allowed it to. Yeah. It was that awareness of how long I've held this in. And it was more of a release of, oh my goodness, I, I'm just letting it, it's going. And, it and Yinka, there were some people that weren't with us. Maybe you could just quickly share that again. Because mm-hmm. I did a worksheet this morning with the group, not this group, but um, this morning's group. And I, because I'm doing it as a group, I, t- I thought I'd just do it on something kind of mild so I could just open that make space for people. I just did something really daft and fo- like on a fourth that popped up and I was like, right, I'll just do it on that because it's just small. And I didn't expect anything big to come from it. But my, a big thing came from it was a... Uh, it took me back into a vision as well. It wasn't a vision that I could see myself. It was a vision that I could feel into myself when I made the belief and I made a belief of I shouldn't be here. And I've been living my life every day from that belief that I, well, it was created as a child, but I've carried that and not realized I carried that every day and every decision that I made. And I think the the crying was just that release of relief that I saw it. Like I carried that for forty odd years of my life. This belief that just not been seen. And it was like some of it was shock as well of how could I carry a belief that I shouldn't be here for that length of time? But that and that was just playing around with a silly force that well I thought it was just more I've got to practice it this morning. And so you, you can't doing the worksheets and kind of just going with whatever comes up. And Michael's talked about before about the triggers throughout your day. You don't have to go dig totally into your path. Just dig into those little triggers that you see in the day. And that's what brought that out for me, that I never expected to see that or to think I thought. I didn't even realise I thought like that. I knew there was stuff in my past that's happened, but I didn't realise that's the thought that I've been carrying all this time. So you cleared it quickly then? Yeah, it's come up. Yeah, there may be habits that I will still have from that, but I will never have that feeling again of I shouldn't be here. Uh, So that's the willingness and a symptom of the healing. Is that correct? That's it. 
That's how it works. No, it can happen quickly. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Well, it's all gives, up to you? Mm, it depends on my willingness. So that gives me a little bit of comfort, actually. Because, um, you know, I've got, well, a, a lot of things. I mean, um, one of my biggest things, well, is abandonment, really. Where would I start with the worksheet on abandonment? This morning when I started, I started off with, because I wanted to get rid of my force, I just shut up. <laughs> I thought I'll just play around with a shut up force. And it, that's what brought me to, um, I shouldn't be here, because that's part of us, probably also part of abandonment. I feel that I shouldn't be here. But that realisation that I've been, every decision I've made, is trying to seek somebody that validates me to be here. And it was like that awareness that I am here. And when I tune into that, I am here, changed everything that was, <laughs> it just changed everything that just knowing that I am here, that tuning into I am here, I don't need to look outside for someone to validate or say, I see you or you're here. It's like I just needed to see it. But I've constantly looking out and distracting myself because I'm always, but my friends always say, why don't you just slow down? Because I'm always distressing myself, seeking this thing of being here. And it was like, I am here. And everything just stopped. And that's when the floodgates opened, of the tears and just sitting. And it allowed me just to sit with it in a relaxed state of, yeah, I can actually sit. Wow. And I sit all the time, you know, we all sit. But it, it was actually be here. Yeah, I hope I get there. Um, cause you've We're glad up. you're here, Yinka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Thank you. And it is in the worksheet, and I know Michael says it, but I'm going to say it over and over again. Do the worksheets, even if it's the simplest ones, the ones for children. Play around with the worksheet. Allow yourself to play with the worksheet, because that's what's allowed me to do this. Was When I read the book, I thought, oh, I'm just going to play with this, and I just played around with the worksheet. And I loved what was coming up because it was like, well, I didn't realise I thought like that. I've told myself how I think, I think. <laughs> but it's like, no, you don't actually think like that. Now you're actually seeing how you really think. And it's hiding behind those thoughts. And it's good because just listening to you, Michael, and, and Yinka, it's brought up an awareness for me about, what was it about leaving, punishment and leaving? And, you know, what my daughter has done is she's isolated me and you brought up isolation, and that's what sort of brought up. So I thought if I work on this abandonment that I've I've had for God knows how well since birth, then maybe that these sorts of situations won't keep coming into my life. Does that make sense? Well, probably, Gina, the the greatest atrocity that has ever been done to us and that we've bought into and per perpetrated upon ourselves is that we have had hidden from us the fact that we are by nature creators. We create out of the ba basic constructs in our minds. If it's I don't deserve or I shouldn't be here, which is usually a message that comes from a power person, then I will tend to create my life out of that message. When I access the deepest levels of it, and it's usually blocked by deep pain, and most people don't want to go visit that pain, but that's where the resolution is, 
then most people stay away from it and then unconsciously create, create out of it their whole lives. It's having the courage to go in and do that piece of work that changes everything. Yeah, courage. We're warriors, aren't we? Face that pain, you know? For me, it's also having the courage to face what the, well, not mistakes, but kind of the mistakes that I've made, the the stuff that I've done that is continuing, that has continued in my life, I now have to go and face that to make that change. It's a choice, isn't it? We can either have the courage to face the pain and and heal it, or carry on with suffering. Right? Is that a fair comment? Yes. Yes. Most people are stuck in decisions. Whatever decisions in the mind are in the mind, something comes along and resonates them, and we just roll along with the decision. We're talking about interrupting that whole process. And bringing a whole new energy into the pattern, into the creative process, and creating differently. Yeah, and it is life changing, isn't it? it well, if you Absolutely. do the work, if you do the work, as Jinka said, two thousand percent. And what I'll say as well is, but I can tell you my story. Michael can tell you his story. Somebody else could tell you their story. Until you do the work and see it within yourself, you will not know the story. You can assume what you think. Well, you, it's not until you actually do the work that you actually really see what you think. But it is, as we've said, it takes a hell of a lot of courage, right? And well, I've well, survived. Mm, sorry, sorry, Michael. What was you saying? Willingness. Oh, willingness more than courage. Yeah, a little, a little courage helps, but willingness is key. And, and willingness untwists the hose. <laughs> yep. And. I mean that on a physiological level. Most people live in what's called a sympathetic dominant state. In the sympathetic dominant state, in order to survive, and this is fear, fright, flight, or freeze. In order to survive, physiologically, the microcirculatory system of the body shuts off the circulation flow to all things that are not necessary to survival. You know, if you're out in the jungle and all of a sudden cancels out, there's a lion chasing you, you don't need to think about, you know, if you're a woman, ovulating. You know, reproduction is not very important at that point. If you're a man, you don't think about creating sperm. It's not very important. You don't have to think about elimination. You don't have to think about, you know, building uh, iron or building um, blood cells in the spleen. That's not very important. If a lion gets you in 30 minutes, you know, the spleen doesn't, all that stuff is shut off. It all, literally, there are capillaries that have the, the guardian at the head of each capillary shuts down. It's a set of muscle fibers that shut that down and put people into a sympathetic dominant state. Most people in our culture, in our world today, live chronically in that state and they want to thrive and they want to be healthy but gee their spleen shut down their liver shut down kidneys, uh, the uh, reproductive kidneys that, kidneys exactly which exactly. is clear. and people end up with all those things disordered and they go oh, i've got a physical disease get out of the sympathetic dominant state move over to where you're balanced in parasympathetics, and now you get to digest, you get to rest, and your physiology gets to thrive. It's what you're designed for. You know, 
Sympathetic dominance is a wonderful thing. If you're out in the jungle and there's a lion chasing you, you want sympathetic dominance. It's a gift. But once you escape the lion, you want to be able to take a breath, let go, and go back to the parasympathetic state where everything else gets turned back on. But if somebody lives there chronically and the capillaries are shut down, then the blood flow to all of those organs that have to do with rest, thrive, and digest are shut down. And that has to be restored. And if that goes on in a person's life for years, it takes significant work to get that to reopen. So how? Uh, you know, if you, if you know, how do you clear fight, flight, fight, all of that? Well, if, um, if you go back, my radio show, if you go to our website, whyagain.org, we started doing a radio show 11 years ago, five days a week, 52 weeks a year, for 11 years, we've done a one-hour radio show. So there are over 3,000 hours of archives. If you went back to the first opening minute of our first radio show 11 years ago, and you started to listen, and you listened to that show, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and you came up to today's show that we did, you wouldn't hear me do anything other than ask the question you just asked. That's how big the answer is. You wouldn't hear me answer any other question than one you just asked. Uh, so start listening to the archives. It's everything I teach. You know, if you were to order every DVD, if you were to listen to every workshop, if you were to, you know, that's, that's the question I answer. Mm. And, I mean, we answer it from a nutritional status. When people do our intensives, we've got a, an app that has fresh and raw menus. We've got a Facebook page, a private base, Facebook page with uh, a whole uh, process for shifting your kitchen over to fresh and raw food. So you've got vitality that opens up microcirculation, opens up the possibility of moving back into uh, parasympathetic balance and sympathetic balance. Uh, everything on a physiological, emotional relationship, you know, every workshop, that's what it's dedicated to is how do you do that? So it's not just a question of keep doing the worksheets then. That's a part of it. It's every tool. Now, this whole body of work started out from the worksheet process. Everything is developed out of that. That's the core tool, but that's not the only tool. That's why the archives are there. Anybody can go if you just go to whyagain.org and you click on the uh, the um, um, microphone. The microphone. Yeah, that's where my brain was going. Okay. Click on the microphone and that will uh, open the archives. Just drill down and start listening. Wow. And, you know, every day for an hour a day, if questions develop, call into the radio show and ask your question. That's what the radio show is about. That's what we're here to do. How do I call into the radio show? You, you got Skype, have you? Yeah, you can. If you go in uh, to the archives, click on it. It'll instruct you how to do that if you're in another country. And if you've got free US calls, you can just phone in. The phone call for phone number for the radio show is five six three nine 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 three five eight one, or there's a Skype link there. Right. I've added it into the um, chat as well. Okay. All right, so um, so it's that willingness. Okay, yeah, I'll have to cultivate that. Um, and my final question is, uh, 
Have you got any YouTubes on still point breathing and meditations? Still point breathing is a tool that I teach only personally. I, I've never written anything about it. I've never published anything uh, on video for how to do that process. It's something you need to be guided through. It's, it's a very powerful way of using the breath, and it's not something that I would just hand to somebody and say, here, go do this on your own. We do have a monthly um, Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing uh, workshop that we do. We do that via Zoom. And the second Saturday of each month, we have a session that begins at 11 o'clock Eastern time for people who are registered. And then on the, the Tuesday following that second Saturday, we do a second session as part of the Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing. But it's just not something that I'd hand to anybody to use on their own. Mm, and you Wouldn't charge be. for that, don't you? It's 150 pounds. Well, no, I, I don't know how the pounds translate. A single session is $150 for the that one month for the two sessions. If somebody does a uh, a package of three of those sessions, it's 125 each for the three sessions. If somebody does uh, uh, the year package, then it's 900 US dollars for the year for that program. If someone's done one session, you know, two days, one session, can they then go and practice on their own? Yes. When you do a session, uh, we record it on Zoom, and you get a copy of the whole session. So oh. you'll get the guidance, the instructions, everything is there as part of it. Yes. Wow. Because, you know, I do um, Alchemy of Breath, um, Antonia, Antonia Begnigo, or whatever his name is. Powerful, 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 powerful. A good way of shifting stuff, you know. Yeah, um, the breath and, is definitely key. Absolutely. Yeah, and I love the way you say breathe after, you know, on your worksheet. You know, you put a word, breathe. Um, and you don't have any meditations on YouTube then? Are you there? There are. Are there? A couple of meditations on uh, in our radio show archives. Oh. I had just told, um, there's one CD or download. It's, we have it in a CD, but it's also a, a streaming download. And I think... How much is the um, Wellness Through Stillness, Gene? Ten. It's a $10 for the download. You can just go to our uh, the website, whyagain.org, and click on the catalog or buy products, and you'll see uh, Wellness Through Stillness. So you can order that. That's a 20-minute progressive relaxation for opening the energy field and regenerating. Wow. Thank you. Okay, Thank you. and yeah, and I had told Yink I would get this information. Jeannie, she's driving the car and listening, and she just said that if you go to our website and go to the search bar and type in meditation, that will take you to several different meditations that we've done on the radio show. Oh, so Yinka, that's where you can get those meditations. Awesome. Just go to the search bar on whyagain.org, type in meditation. There's several radio shows where as part of the radio show, I've done a meditation, and, and Jeannie's gone in and edited out and made them available. 
So what do we put in the search bar, Michael, to find those? This meditation. Meditation. This meditation. I did it today. Oh, you I did. did. I did it the other day, but I listened to one today as well. Oh, fantastic. And then all of this, the worksheets and the meditation and eating, I mean, you know, one step at a time for me. Um, this will bring me out of, because fear has been a biggie. You know, I do come from trauma. <laughs> so there's a lot of fear there, which, so, and doing all of that, well. What I would say about doing the worksheet, sometimes what we think it is, isn't quite what it is. That's what I've learned. I don't know if Michael, but that's what I've realised that when I thought it was fear, it wasn't actually what I thought it was. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, where do you begin? So, say I get a worksheet and I title it Sheet 1, Fear. <laughs> you know, how do you start one like that? Or abandonment? So, I mean, how many times have we done this question, Gina? Mm-hmm. Um, I... I, I well, what was the oh, what was the answer to it? No, what was the question? How many times have we done this question? Um, I have. I answered. think. I think since we started doing this at least three times, so you've got the answer to that one. Okay. Um. Yep. I don't. I didn't write it down. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're gonna have to go back and listen to the archives. Oh, is that what you yeah, said? Oh, that was the answer. Listen to the archives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Thank I will send. I can send you all the previous. If you email me, I will send you all the previous ones in the email where you've asked this question. What where I've asked this question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to the answer. Let me let me give you a hint, Gina. Go on. It's been every time we've talked. <laughs> every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. So notice that you're asking questions, but you're not listening to the answers. So you might yeah. want to shift that pattern. Yes. Yeah, not listening. Yes. That's another worksheet. There, another now worksheet. there's a good catch. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. At least I'm not saying I don't know where to start. And Well, maybe I am. I'm just worried it slightly differently. Uh, if you message me, I will send you all the previous ones. I'm willing. I am willing, you know. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so Very thank cool. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right, young lady. Michael, can I quickly ask, if I buy the, sure. the download, that 20-minute one, would you mind if I just allow them once to hear it so people can hear what sure. it is? Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. I'm Go just ahead. wanting to get yeah. your permission to yeah. put it on just to, so people can have a... I go listen to it, and then if they decide to want to go and buy, they can go and buy it. But I don't want to cool. obviously do it without asking you. If you're okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Go for it. Yeah. You know the work the work that we do we do for nothing because or pardon me I should say we do it free. We haven't figured out how to do it for nothing because we're committed to making it available, whether people have got money or not. And we invite everybody. You know, if it touches you and it makes a difference, do something in the way of support. You know, we're li- literally working to make this available on a global scale. Do we have any other questions? Does Gabriella have another question? I don't know if that's a question in there. Uh, not sure. I think I don't. Uh, I, I think like, you, like, I really appreciate this actually session today because I was writing a lot during uh, how Michael was talking and also Yinka. And thanks for sharing your story because I think I was resonating with it so much. 
uh, what you just said, and you tapped into some of my actually uh, things. Uh, so you opened something for me. But this was a really valuable session. Like I learned really, really a lot, and it opened my eyes quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the next one. Thank you. And then the meditation, don't forget it. <laughs> awesome. yes, I will, I will, tra- I will do, do that next time so you can have a, t- a taste of what it's like. Because uh, I, I want it anyway. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Huge, huge thank you, Michael, for you just kind of, even like from this morning to now, it's like everything just feels like it's just opened up to me. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Michael. Thank well, watching. you. Watching your arm movements, Yinka, mm-hmm. if you go to the Aramaic language, and the Greeks tell us about a thing they called the kingdom of heaven, those words are much more correctly interpreted with the words, one, the community of love, and the community of expansion. So it's quite literally about the expansion of the presence of love. It's not about going to some place in the sky after you die. <laughs> You're welcome, Joan. Delighted. And thanks for everyone for joining thanks. as well and, you know, asking questions and being willing to hear. <laughs>